Digital Marketing Radio, episode 94. How to start an e-commerce business. DigitalMarketingRadio.com I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with digital marketing experts. Um, Find out more about everything we do at DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain So today I'm joined by Paul Ryanazov. Paul, welcome to DMR. Good, good morning, yeah, good afternoon for everyone uh, who join us from different parts of the world. Uh, it's nice to be here. Thanks, David, for inviting us. Well, thanks for joining me. That's a great way to start off. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And, but not goodbye yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, Paul, well, Paul's a, an event speaker, and he's a digital marketing expert. Um, he tends to have a bit of a focus on helping retail businesses with their e-commerce strategy. Um, you can find him over at the website magcloud.net, but I'm sure he'll tell you a little bit more about that later on. Um, but Paul, you've spoken at quite a few events recently across the US. Um, so how did you actually get started as an event speaker? Well, I mean, I will tell you this was the funny story because traditionally US business, US conferences is something that everyone wants to get in. And especially for the person like me who uh, originally from the Ukraine, it was uh, very tough to get there. But uh, the first thing happens, uh, I was just a little bit proactive. I joined PopCon. Uh, back in Vegas 2012 as a just attendee and they had a uh, the line like open line for everyone who willing to share the expertise for like seven minutes like a you know basically speech from the attendee and so I I joined this line you know speak for the seven minutes in front of audience um, and basically the next year when I sent uh, the uh, request to participate as a speaker panel. I just mentioned that I already, you know, had some sort of traction with the popcorn, and they were so kind to just invite, just to explore. Uh, basically, the first time I get maybe like 20 minutes panel, and I have to fly all around from the Ukraine to the Vegas, you know, for like 70 hours just for the 20 minutes of my uh, spiel, but. Uh, after that, I've got some good feedbacks from the audiences, you know, people tweeting and, you know, uh, sending some messages, private messages. And then it just go one by one. I mean, I've got the uh, invitation to uh, Svima conference in Miami and so on and so on. Because uh, basically people are looking for not just the expert, but also for expert who passionate about what they do. And that's why if you're passionate about it, if you uh, drive your passion in front of the audience, then basically you'll get the, you know, you'll get a lot more tractions and you'll get some invites. So I will engage anyone who, you know, who participate in the online marketing. Just don't be afraid, get to the site, send the message, propose the topic. And if you, if you pass through, I mean, impossible is nothing, you know, you, just, you can just get through. That's that's a great story, and um, I I guess the main takeaway is just to be prepared when you're given the opportunity, because you were given the opportunity to to speak for those seven minutes, and you you must have been fairly ready um to make um a little speech then. Um, what what did you do your initial seven speech seven minute speech on? The good thing is I had a really great expertise with the landing page optimization, even like. Uh, before all of those conferences, so I've got some really nice samples, and I likely that those samples were for a high-level brands in the United States. 
and basically I've got something that was not just a generic, but it was like a real result, like take this landing page, take that landing page, and then uh, I was able to just provide the results which one converts better. And again, that happens in 2012 when uh, conversion rate optimization and landing page optimization, um, it was like the beginning of the story. Right now, you can get a lot of topics about landing page, landing page optimization, but in 2012, this was kind of even you, even from the US. So I think it was just the right topic in the right time that it was hot in the market, and you know, some level of the expertise is just. Uh, it was really, really useful for me. So, seven minutes I had about the landing page optimization. Okay, was that about the time that Google were bringing about their split testing tool? Because didn't they have, um, I can't even remember the name of it, the split testing tool that they've integrated now into Google Analytics, and that was a standalone tool at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think back in 2012, we've got some uh, extra tools like Optimizely already up and running, but obviously, you know, not much of the digital marketers use that tool. Mm. Uh, it was just the beginning of the story, even for them. Uh, so we had, we, we used to work with like uh, uh, something that Google brings us uh, through the analytics. Um, so Google Experiment Tool is something that we, we used in 2012. But again, right now you can get tons of uh, those uh, services. Some of them, uh, based in the European market, some of them in the US, so just plenty of them right now. And it does not really matter which one you do use right now, uh, because in common practices, uh, it is, it's just quite similar. The only difference is just the pricing model, the billing model, etc. packages. But, I mean, overall, uh, the conversion rate optimization right now is less about the tool because you've got already, it's more about how clever are you with the ideas mm -hmm. and what's exactly you, you uh, if you know what you're doing, if you know what's the test. Okay, um, it's incredible because I mean, that's just three years ago, but of course, um, digital marketing moves on a lot every single year. So three years in digital marketing is really like 20 years in business, the, the amount of um, improvement that happens in terms of software, in terms of accessibility with people with um, greater broadband speeds, the options and the development um, just moves at such a rapid pace. Now, one of the areas that you're focusing a little bit more on now is e-commerce. Why are you focusing on that? And what would you say are the biggest e-commerce trends at the moment in 2015? Well, I get started with uh, e-commerce business, I think, back in 2005, when we had only just OzCommerce as the major platform, so it was quite a long time ago. And I launched my uh, first product, it's called w3rent.com. It was just about renting the stuff. So we delivered this product worldwide in different countries, sold maybe uh, about 1.5 million copies wow. <laughs> in the revenue. Uh, it was the trend in the United States and on DVD rental, game rental, if, if you recall, 2005. Um, so that's how it gets started. And my focus on that time was mostly on the development side of that. Mm. And in uh, 2012, when the bunch of the different software, open source um, software, appear for the e-commerce, uh, I decided that I want to switch a little bit to the, to the marketing side. So I can get the full picture of 
how people shop, how they buy, so I can bring more value to my own clients, not just develop the stuff, not just develop the e-commerce store, but also guide them how to convert the visitors, how to get the visitors, and how to convert them into their buyers. So that's that's how I get to the e-commerce. And um, in 2000, I think 11, I've got some um, tractions with Magento, and we decided to play with Magento as the the leader e-commerce platform. And we've got some invites to to visit. Uh, they office in Los Angeles. We've got some uh, partnership with them. So, and yeah, and I still keep going and still keep uh, keep focusing on the retail business. Right, and you also still focus on Magento as well. Yeah, I still I still focus on the Magento. I keep an eye uh, on other techniques, on other technologies that's uh, absolutely growing fast. Platform like BigCommerce, Shopify, WooCommerce, PrestaShop. So I have to keep an eye on all of those platforms because they actually help to, uh, you know, to, to grow the e-commerce ecosystem in general. So I keep an eye, but I still might focus on the uh, Magento. Um, the, the only reason why I keep focusing on the Magento because the major players that I'm working with, um, just recently, I mean, a few weeks ago, we get some uh, research uh, from Inc. 5000 companies in the United States in the retail niche and I think 30, at least 30 percentages of those they utilize Magento as an e-commerce platform. Uh, number two uh, it was WooCommerce that basically the plugin for the WordPress mm. and all the rest of the businesses they still stay with the old school you know platforms so I think that the good trends for them will be to migrate for something new. And especially the good thing about the Magento, it, 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 it really has a, a great ecosystem around their brand. I mean, firstly, I mean, you can beat eBay. eBay is the largest, uh, you know, retailer brand, but uh, they have got a good ecosystem around other companies like uh, digital marketing developers, hosting providers. So if you choose the Magento, you will definitely will be in the good hands and you can scale your business pretty fast by utilizing services provided by by those companies. So if you're speaking to an entrepreneur looking to start an e-commerce business and um, they're not tied to a platform, what would you say, apart from maybe the ecosystem of support, what would you say are the benefits of them going with Magento over a Shopify or a WooCommerce or something like that? Um, that's a great question that I get, you know, every single time. So um, Shopify is absolutely maybe the easiest way to try the business. Uh, but same way as any other software as a service platform, uh, it's easy to start, but it is not really easy to leave. So you stay with this platform and behind of software as a service, you've got some sort of limitation. So you can't add your custom logic, you can't change, you know, design the way you want, you can't change the checkout process and make it, you know, more easy. So for me as a conversion expert, right, if I want to change a little bit like the Shopify checkout process, uh, it's near to, you know, it's, it's almost impossible. So <clears throat> I have to stick with the, I have to play with the rules that Shopify, you know, gave us. 
But obviously, I mean, Shopify is probably one of the cheapest option. When it comes to uh, choosing the platform, you have to think in front, you know, uh, up front. So you have to think about how I can get start cheaper to keep to stay within the budget and how I can keep that scalable for the future. So and that's why we created the Mage Cloud, just just to let people start very easy was the platform that is ready to be scaled in the future. Okay, so I, I can understand the benefits then of Magento over Shopify, um, but what about Magento over WooCommerce? Because um, you talked about um, perhaps not being able to change the checkout process of Shopify, but WooCommerce is obviously based on WordPress, so you have more access to be able to split test different things within there. Um, are you saying that perhaps WooCommerce isn't quite as scalable as Magento? Well, if you get an access to your store, then you can scale it the way you want it. And uh, I mean, my previous speech about like difference uh, between Shopify and Magento, it was pretty much about software as a service platform was the hosted standalone uh, e-commerce uh, solution. If we compare uh, Magento with the WooCommerce, I do release uh, both of them are quite popular. And if we go to the Google Trends, you will see that the trends for the Magento is my, you know, it's a little bit higher. And especially for the European market, it's, it's really much higher. Um, the only problem that I, I mean, probably WooCommerce, it's a little bit more easy for the users uh, that want to just sell, you know, basic stuff. They don't want, they don't really think about like three, uh, 60 degree marketing plan or like integration with POS and stuff like that, you know, integration with eBay, Amazon. Um, so WooCommerce, I think it's for the smaller businesses, for the like really, really small business. Would it be possible for someone to start with WooCommerce because it was easier for them to actually set it up themselves and actually transfer to Magento at some point in the future? Or is that quite challenging? Well, you can, you can transfer from one platform to another. Uh, at any single time, and I, I, we partner with MageCloud, we partner with the service called Card2Card to Card, uh, that helps you to transfer your data from one platform to another. Um, so that's quite good service, to be honest. Um, so the challenge with WooCommerce is WordPress platform, uh, it's still open source, and in my opinion, the uh, vulnerability of that platform is a lot, you know, uh, higher than with the Magento. Magento is well-tested, PCI-compliant business. Uh, but with the WooCommerce, maybe you know, just recently, a couple of days ago, um, I, I've got the message uh, from Search Engine Journal that uh, the most popular ACL plugin for the WordPress, which was, uh, which was the name. Um, uh, is it the Yoast plugin? Yeah, yeah, exactly, the Yoast plugin. You have to update. You have to update your plugin because right now, uh, if you're using the oldest version, yeah, oh you yeah, can that's get right. Yeah. yeah, so it, it just happened like a few days ago, and I think that might be challenging for the businesses. You know, like for the company that basically one million dollar to five million dollar revenue. Okay, so um, Magento hasn't got so much of a history of of being hacked, basically. Uh, I mean, it's always easy to, I mean, if you, if you, if you, in, in my opinion, like uh, in my expertise, Magento, we never get hacked with Magento. 
I mean, with WooCommerce, again, the challenge is just the PCI compliant, and uh, I think Magento protected, you know, much, uh, much higher in terms of that. Okay. Um, well, I would, there's a long discussion I'm sure we could continue to have about um, e-commerce, but I'm also keen to have your opinion in terms of digital marketing in general. Um, so what's happened in the past and what's happening now and maybe in the future as well. So moving on to... Software I couldn't live without. Um, so what software do you currently use in your business that uh, if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Well... Uh, here, here's here's the couple of uh, stops that I I mean I'm personally responsible for the conversion rate optimization. So obviously, if I would not be able to get that, uh, I I will die. So optimizely, I, I will just tell that optimizely it's something that I'm using like day by day, uh, and I would recommend everyone to just join that. Um, for the conversion rate optimization, I would also recommend you to install. Uh, uh, crazy act or any type of the heat mapping tool that will bring you some good good value I mean if, if you don't really install it and I see a lot of you know my clients when I when they came to me to optimize the conversions they have no idea what is heat mapping uh, number three soft that I would recommend everyone to test it's uh, Ike one this is the eye tracking tool so even before you start doing your design of new page or the product page you can just use icon was like a trial you upload your image and icon will predict the result you know what what is the section of the page cache the user i that's number th that's uh, three different um tools that i would recommend in terms of conversion rate optimization okay that's that's great tips there and um it's it certainly sounds like um, you're an absolute expert in, in, in conversion rate optimization there as well. But um, should someone just focus on conversion rate optimization if they have an e-commerce site, or is a tool like Optimizely important to use even if you just have some kind of brand website that doesn't focus on e-commerce? It might be different for some sort of business. It could be lead generation. For some of the businesses, it needs to be like phone calls, and uh, it, it's not just the e-commerce, right? So it just depends on your goal, what you want visitors of your site uh, to do there, uh, what what is the end uh, result of the visitor. I call that as a conversion. So, for example, uh, for uh, you might get focus uh, and get the phone calls for the client you have to somehow build your page so the phone number will be in front of the people when they need it. Uh, it's just uh, for the e-commerce, it's, it's much easier to determine what is the goal. So the goal is just the, you know, the order placement. But again, every single website, every single business, they have a conversion goal. So optimizing conversion funnel, it's a very tough and it's a very interesting process. The good thing about conversion is just it takes I mean, if you optimize to drive the relevant traffic, then conversion will be quite low, right? Mm. So conversion, we have like two pieces of cake, right? One piece just to drive the right traffic and another piece is just to convert it right. So that's why, in my opinion, conversion is the key in, in, in digital marketing. Okay, so um, any, any type of website, if you're focused on optimizing your website then you need to focus on conversions and it's nothing to do with e-commerce at all um so a slightly more challenging question though what kind of software um have you 
become aware of and you're not using at the moment but you intend to try perhaps at some point in the near future because you've heard good things about it? Well, probably one of the software that I'm, I'm kind of uh, excited to try, um, it's a company called Outreach.io. Maybe it's not relevant to the conversion, but it's, it's a great tool for automate like uh, reminders and stuff like that. So basically it's like a CRM tool to get a hold of any single client that you have and you can create like a bunch of the uh, bunch of the groups of the emails with reminders, etc. And those emails will be sent automatically based on the specific roles. It's kind of automated marketing tool like Acton or uh, Infusionsoft, you know, stuff like that, but it is more uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit cheaper and I think it's more targeting uh, to people who handle like business development and stuff like that. Okay. So uh, that's, that's, that, that's, that's all that I recently discovered and I'm on the trial with them. <laughs> so I just, um, well, and you know, I, I'll, I will just uh, give you some uh, things. So I know that you recently get involved with analytics as your, mm -hmm. uh, so I would probably tr want to try that because I'm using right now different tools for you know for the business research for the competitor analysis, and it looks like analytics SEO is something that combines different components <laughs> under their one roof. So that's probably something that I will try next. <laughs> that sounds great, yeah. And um, there are just so many incredible tools out there at the moment. Um, but um, what I'll do is I'll include links to all of the resources that you recommend and um, hope to try um, underneath the, the, the show post at um, digitalmarketingradio.com. But moving on to... I wish I would have. So I'd like to look back in the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? It's a great question, uh, you know, and I think that's that's basically something that relevant to a lot of businesses, uh, not just e-commerce but any other stuff. If you go back to Facebook marketing like uh, a couple of years ago, I we tried Facebook for the first time. It was not really successful uh, for us. Right now, when we get to the point when Facebook launched so many interesting stuff. Uh, and improve the algorithm and, you know, uh, I, I think that was the good fail for us initially. And right now, Facebook's starting to be a good trend uh, for us to generate the relevant trust. So maybe, I'm not quite sure if I uh, replied to your question uh, the way you wanted, but I think that was my frustration from the first day. Mm. And right now, I'm more or less satisfied with what we received. Okay. And for some businesses, what I see as a trend, um, and that's something that I want to predict, that the social media marketing and the content marketing distributions of the social network will overkill in the long run, will overkill the, uh, the adverts and like any kind of uh, PPC campaigns. So what we are doing right now, I mean, obviously we still spend money with the Google AdWords for any uh, e-commerce business like um, with Google Shopping campaign and stuff like that. But for every single business, we're pushing money into a long-term round, like social media campaigns to stay in front of people, to engage them with our content. And um, the recent acquisition of Facebook uh, with the company is Define.com. 
that happens like maybe a week ago. I think for e-commerce trend in 2015, we should see Facebook launching a, a very targeted you know, opportunity for me to sell the stuff on the Facebook uh, in more official way than we do right now. So it could be like buy something without leaving the Facebook app, mm. you know, you, you know, like everyone talked about the mobile those days, so that's obviously the trend. So I think what will happen in 2015 uh, as a trend is like Facebook will overfill the e-commerce market significantly with the new acquisition of the fine. Okay, um, so going back to what you said before, um, it sounded like you got frustrated with Facebook, and that could have been um, Facebook's fault for not offering um, a great product or experience for you as an advertiser. Um, but also, as an advertiser, it's important um, not to have too many preconceptions and to try not to bring your own frustrations into the decision-making mix. And it's all about whether or not the advertising medium is effective for your business. It's not whether about you like it, it's whether it's good and right to bring in customers to your business. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if I see the success of my clients was whenever what we do, I would love, I mean, if I would even hate the soft, I mean, the interface, etc. if I see the results that we bring to the business, I will be happy. I mean, I can, you know, everyone climbs uh, against like a Windows interface and stuff like that, but Everyone used the Windows, uh, so and PC I think still on top of that. So uh, my frustration is not just uh, like personal, etc. It's just based on the results. And I think I, th I think I think you know I think you know when you start the business, it just needs some time for you to adjust the algorithm, etc. And right now um, I've got some clients that initially tried Facebook like two years ago. And when I engage them to try right now, they're a little bit skeptical yeah. because they, they actually did some ads, you know, they burned the money over there. But those days with all those, you know, retargeting options, with all those lookalike audiences, with all those, you know, new techniques, with uh, multi-product ads, with the video as a viral point. So we've got right now traction, like uh, the post engagement cost is like one cent per user with the uh, video ads. And right now, again, probably I will just give some advice here. We are starting using the, the tool called Social Engage, socialengage.com, that helped me to build the video with the lead capture form. Right. So, so you watch the video for 30 seconds, and then the small form lead capture form appear when you end up to watch the video. And is that within your Facebook app? It's, it's, it's within your video uh, when you doing like video advertisement with the Facebook, okay. you just prepare the video in a very specific way. So if you go to socialengage.com, uh, you will see there is a quite a good amount of, uh, there, there is a great video that explains to you uh, how it works, etc. I hope I give them free credits on that. <laughs> <You're ready. laughs> It, it, it'll it'll come back to you as benefit in the future you know maybe you'll um be nice to them and um and perhaps um someone will um be driven back to your business in the future because of the fact that you've recommended their brand now yeah you know i i i think like that you know marketers they ruin everything when pinterest instagram etc all of those brands when they start launching their uh ads then 
we, I mean, people are not ready, and we, we can play with all those so um, nicely, but what happens with emails? When marketers start sending too much emails, people, the open rates goes down. Mm. Uh, Bannerets, once everyone gets tired from the bannerets, the click-through rates goes down. So I think we just need to play with new products and try to um, and trying to build our campaigns on top of new tools. So social engage, I think it's 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 one of the tools that I would engage everyone to uh, to look. That's interesting. I'm on the I think I'm on the website at the moment, and it's actually socialengage.org. Is that correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. Could oh, be. Okay. Good stuff. Um, well, let's move on to... The this or that round. So that's the uh, quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rules. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Yep. Email or Twitter? Uh, Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google+. Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Uh, Email. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Um... Local. <laughs> that can be your both if you want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you apply both, then it will be easy. You know? I, I'm just trying to compare right now like different options, what I will you know, choose. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think the, the one that you struggled with probably the most apart from that was maybe paid search or SEO. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, for me, uh, it depends on the niche. So sometimes I'm getting clients that want to, I mean, they, they listen on all of those conferences. They you know, talk about the SEO and stuff like that. But if I'm coming for keyword research for them and I see that the traffic for, for those keywords that probably relevant to them is not that high, uh, I can tell them, you know, guys, you can spend a lot of money right now into the content marketing, you know, link building and stuff like that. But if you just put the same money into the paid ads, You'll just get this traffic. So it depends on the niche. If you have a very specific product and you don't see much traffic for the keywords, you know, stuff like that, then probably paid ads will be even cheaper for you. Because like SEO is like long-term run, and if the specific keywords just drive you 20 users a month, I I don't think you have to go with SEO. But I mean, probably I would not be the first one, but you have to look all the way around. So right now, what I'm trying to do for my clients is we get a specific, you know, campaign when we a little bit, you have like tactics on the AdWords, a little bit on the Facebook, a little bit on the ACO. So we're trying to organize all of those channels because it's in those, those days, the consumer need to see you all the way in all those places before we, they, actually click on some of your stuff mm, before they really trust you as a brand yeah yeah, yeah. and also uh, if you're focusing on e-commerce then 
paid search is obviously the quicker way to test the conversion rates uh, on a keyword phrase. And if you find that it is converting and bringing you decent traffic, then I suppose you can afford to focus on SEO then, hopefully build up your ranking and perhaps test turning off your paid advertising once you start ranking for SEO. Right now, I mean, again, maybe uh, SEO expert would not agree with me, but in my opinion right now, uh, SEO in the old fashioned way, like with link building is actually dying. And in my opinion, right now, uh, when initially like 20 percentages of our uh, efforts was with on-page optimization and 80 percentages was with off-page, mm. right now I think Google drives it vice versa. Like 80 percentages of the SEO right now is the on-page optimization and 20 percentages is the off-page. I, I, yeah, so, I, th- I, th- I think that um, Google like businesses to think that um, link building is dying certainly because um, they don't want to give any data they, they they want to also ban certain businesses from their search results to actually send out warning signals that if you don't comply to their ways of doing things then you may not be allowed to actually play the google game i mean search engine optimization in its literal meaning you know means obviously just getting a web page ranking within the results of a search engine and not necessarily link building or doing any specific tactic in order to achieve that um and um, I'm going to also like to give the example of click here as well. You know, if you search Google for the word, the, the, the phrase click here, um, the number one result for that phrase is the Adobe Acrobat Reader um, download page. And on nowhere on that page whatsoever, it says click here. Nowhere in the page title, the description, the, the, the page content. The only obvious place that it says that text is within links pointing to that page saying something like, right, right. you know, download uh, this piece of software. So, you know, obviously there are there are loads of more elements to Google's algorithm now than there used to be. Um, and um, people are being silly if they just focus on link building, certainly. I mean, links should come as a result of quality content and engagement, and, and that's a better um, longer-term strategy. I mean, exactly. I mean, when we are talking about the link building right now, I'm not right now, when I, again, maybe that's my own practice, but when I work with retailers and we are considered like ACO, uh, for me, the good link is the link that actually gets like a relevant track. So, when we're trying about the link building, first we're doing some uh, research of like good uh, websites with our own target audience, and then we're trying to you know post uh, some expertise advice or some sort of you know deals on that site. And in my opinion, in the I mean going forward, uh, Google will look through the links as the source of the referral traffic, then. Google will consider that link as a great one for your business and we'll, we'll keep that uh, and we'll keep using that link, keep calculating this link as a, one of the factors for the ranking. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's part of the process. It's, it's, if you just focus on that, then um, you're not going to be doing the best thing for your business from a long-term perspective. Um, but let, let, let's move on to the $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Basically, I would invest into my people. I mean, just to get more expertise with the new techniques, uh, try something new stuff. So 
for example, what I'm trying right now is just to get an access to uh, better, better advertisement with the Pinterest and the Instagram so we can pass that beforehand just, you know, just to get a feeling. And so in my opinion, we need to be like the first one uh, with the new opportunities that appear in front of us as an architect. And, you know, just to get there and test it before everyone else do that, that's very important. Okay, so keep on learning new things and testing new things. Um, um, you wouldn't spend the money on something necessarily that you know exists and converts well already. You would keep on testing new opportunities because perhaps those new opportunities where people aren't actively on at the moment may bring you the highest return for your investment. Well, again, I mean, if you ask me how I spent $10,000 for my own clients, uh, that's probably like a little bit different story here. Um, if I would be a business and I would see the channel that converts right and I want to push some more money into that, obviously, I mean, uh, I would, if, if I see that paid ads convert better and brings me more revenue, I would spend 10000 with the ads. Uh, if I, I mean, but again, if I'm the business on the very early stages, we'll have to carefully select the channel that you want to try on. So if you need like immediate results, go with Google Ads. Uh, if you need long term, go with ACO. If you need like a good strategy with a social, like uh, with a Facebook, and you are ready to wait for three to six months, uh, I mean, just try the Facebook. And it depends on the business, obviously. Okay, yeah. So, but for other businesses, generally you'd go for mediums that you knew were likely to convert better. But for your own business at the moment, you'd be more likely to take risks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a cash flow to be. (laughs) (laughs) Good position to be in. Okay, well, just finishing off with... My number one takeaway. So, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but um, can you distill that down to just one takeaway? So, what's the one most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Uh, do you mean like a marketing advice? Well, or? P- possibly in, in relation to e- e-commerce. Um, so, you know, we were talking a lot about Magento earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in relation to that, if someone's perhaps considering going for that or making the decision to go with Magento, um, what would you say are the first you know, step or two that are the most important considerations to look at um, after they've made that decision? Well, uh, for the Magento, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to climb about the Mage Cloud, which is a great way to start with Magento. Um, so uh, you have to consider a few things. When you choose any kind of e-commerce platform, uh, make sure that when you have a template you use, it's like mobile friendly. Uh, try not to spend much time and much budget with development. So there is always a way to get something, you know, at your cost and very easy. Um, sometimes you can even do this for yourself. Um, so my, my maybe takeaway will be like that. Try to budget your investment with 20% of investment go into the backend development and 80% go into the smart marketing. So whenever budget you have, just think over, if you decided to use Magento, that's a great choice. That's, you know, I can bid it. It's, it's a great choice, it's a great scalable platform. Just make sure that you're, you start slowly and most of the budget goes into the marketing. 
spend time with researching uh, of your audience, spend time with analyzing where they are. Don't be afraid to stay with the Twitter at night and search for what people are talking about your products. Join the conversation. Do a lot of things your own. I mean, you have you don't have to get to agency uh, from the day one. A lot of things you can do you can do on your own, and it's 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 very smart, and you will know your customer much better. Mm, because a lot of businesses are probably caught in the trap of um, only having a limited budget. Say say they they're a small business and maybe they've got twenty thousand dollars or something like that. A lot of businesses would invest the majority of that in perhaps building a new website that looks great and then launch it online and then have nothing left to actually drive traffic at the site. So I, I like your piece of advice there to actually spend the majority of your budget on actually driving traffic to your site. That's, that's exactly what happens. I mean, all, for the, all those years, we've built maybe like 200 websites, e-commerce businesses, and a lot of those businesses, they are dying uh, for only one reason, because the business owner have no idea how to drive the traffic. So that's, that, that's the common problem, and that's something that we are trying to fix right now with the Mage Club. Great. Okay, well, um, I reckon that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice there. Um, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Yeah, it's, it could be magecloud.net or I'm open at my Facebook uh, page, Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Paul Rezanov. Uh, you can find me at paul.rezanov at gmail.com as well. So it's pretty easy. If you just Google for Paul Rezanov, <laughs> you will you'll see my face come off yeah. great and I'll, I'll link to your mage cloud website of course um from the digitalmarketingradio.com show notes um so if anyone's listening to it and wants to go to it directly it's just m-a-g-e cloud.net so there we go um so thanks again for joining us paul thank you so much great okay well and thank you listener um we will see you next time on my number one dick <laughs> we'll see you next time on um That's the button I meant to press. Bye-bye for now.